Welcome back to the Off the Bar Podcast. My name is Ben. Yes, it's a solo episode today. I'm sorry, but don't fear. Brandon will be back in the next episode. Today we're going to be talking about Liverpool versus Chelsea and Manchester United versus West Ham. So without further ado, let's get right into it. First, we're going to be talking about Chelsea versus Liverpool. Now, this is a huge game for Chelsea as they have Wolves in four days. They also played Manchester United three days ago. So they're going to be tired. Now, are they going to win this? It's probably not going to happen. But let's go over what they need to do. Number one, they have to ride the form that they're in. We've seen with play, with players like uh, with teams like Arsenal when they win, they go in and they surprise win against Liverpool. They are able to do that because they're in great form. Mikel Arteta has done incredibly well with Arsenal, even though they did just lose one 0 to Aston Villa. But besides that, I think they have to kind of ride the form. They just beat one of their main competitors for the top four in the FA Cup in Manchester United. They have to kind of ride the form of, we're still in top four, we need to be in top four. So with that, they really kind of need to make sure that they're not going to like dip down anything. Number two is have a conversation about Kepa. Is Kepa reliable in this game? Because we saw with Willy Caballero, Willy Caballero didn't have much to do against Manchester United, but whatever he needed to do, besides the penalty, he did. He played incredibly well. He's been very reliable for them for the most part, I think. It's a good conversation to have because Keppa doesn't seem to really be working. I mean, I talked about Keppa Elizabeth before in the uh, when we talked about Oblak's potential transfer. I don't think it will work. I don't think that uh, Keppa really will be the number uh, the number one goalkeeper for them next year if they can get a transfer in. But then again, you know, strange things have happened. But I think it's a good time to talk about Willy Caballero and if he should start. Number three, I think, is to make sure that you involve Pulisic. Make sure that Pulisic is your focal point of that uh, attack. Because Willian is Ronaldinho on his contract year. He's Hassan Whiteside on his contract year. He's incredible. He's playing really well. Olivier Giroud can finish. And that's what I think is the reason why Tammy Abraham is not being started. Is because Giroud is more trusted in the big games than Tammy Abraham. Now, Tammy Abraham, I think, will get there. He's not bad. I I think he has a pretty good ceiling. But I think for Chelsea, I think his kind of you you want someone to finish and Giroud's that guy. But Pulisic has been on fire since the restart. He's uh, I mean he's basically really kind of shown everyone that he wasn't just a sorry signing and that someone and someone who's going to be misplaced in the squad. He turned out to be one of the great uh, one of the best players on that team. So I think you have to kind of run through him. And the th- and the next thing then the final thing we have to make sure. For Chelsea is that N'Golo Kante is okay. They will not win this game if N'Golo Kante is not okay. I know they beat Manchester United without N'Golo Kante, but N'Golo Kante is huge for that team. And I think if he's not okay and if he doesn't play, it's a huge disadvantage to Chelsea. It's a huge disadvantage. He's even though he's had a pretty, I mean, I wouldn't say up and down season, but not as kind of the standard season. He's still been, he's still considered to be one of the best midfielders in the world. So you need him on that team. You need, you want him on that wall. You need him on that wall. You need him on that team. You need him on that team. Uh, you really, truly do if you want to win against Liverpool. So I think really for Chelsea, those kind of points, the ride the wave of beating Manchester United, uh, play through Pulisic, and ma- uh, talk about Willy Caballero, and make sure that N'Golo Kante is okay are the kind of main points that Chelsea have to take. So... Next team to talk about is, of course, Liverpool, since they're playing Chelsea. Now, the one thing Liverpool have to do is start to retain form that they had, that world-beating, no-one-will-beat-us form that they had before the break. Because they were basically 
champions before the break. They kind of stumbled into the break when they won it, and then they kind of have kept stumbling, even losing to Arsenal, which I know Manchester United have, but I mean this Arsenal team. Like, I think United would wipe the floor with this Arsenal team if we had, if we played a full squad. Anyways, uh, you have to make sure that that's not going to affect you, especially you're playing at home now, and I know there isn't really a home advantage because you don't have the, the, the uh, fans, but you have enough... You, ha- you have, like, the, the familiarity of the ground, and you have the ability to go, okay, this is our home, this is, like, where we play every... T- this is where we play mostly, you know, we have to be very kind of protective of that because they have this incredible home record that I'm sure that they want to keep. I re- I'm really sure that they want to keep. And I think it's really, it's really paramount for them to keep that and definitely kind of fix their form, especially against the big team, to kind of assert their dominance again because... Really, they were incredible against the top six. They were incredible against ev- almost every team except for Watford, which is funny. It, even Manchester United, I mean, I'm not to toot Manchester United's own horn. We'll talk about them later. But uh, Manchester United drew against them, and they really were lucky to get that draw. But anyways, I think they have to reassert their dominance. They have to kind of show that they're still that world-beating team that they were pre-lockdown. The second thing I would say is that you have to get Virgil van Dijk back in form. There were two, I believe, two big errors that led to two goals for Arsenal. Now, if you're going to say that he's the best defender in the world, he shouldn't be making those two errors. I don't care if there are only two errors, he shouldn't be making those two. We don't say Harry Maguire is even close to Virgil van Dijk because he's not. That's why he makes errors and we're like, well, he shouldn't have been 80 million pounds, but he's not as good as Virgil van Dijk. But Virgil van Dijk shouldn't be making any errors, period. If you're going to say he's the best defender in the world, he should be making no errors. Which, first of all, he isn't the best defender in the world. Sergio Ramos is, because he's not only is the best leader I think I've seen out of a team, he, he, he's the most, he's the person that embodies the team the most, and he scores goals on the other side, and he scores clutch goals on the other side. But I we, we are not talking about Real Madrid, we talked about bottom in a later video that will come out soon uh we're, we're talking about Virgil van Dijk we have to get or not we Liverpool have to get him back in form I'm not a Liverpool fan I don't know why I said we but Virgil van Dijk has to get back in form he's not been the best he really truly hasn't and it's shown so if you're Klopp if you're the trainers you have to get him back in form because you're going against a, a, gr- a good attack I wouldn't say a great attack but a good attack a really solid midfield and not the best defense. If you press that back line, which is something that they could do, you know, if they press Chelsea's back line, I think they will be fine. Which, you know, with Klopp's gig and pressing system, that's what they'll do. But I think, personally, you have to kind of, like, you, you have to give Virgil van Dijk back in form because if he's bad, then the whole team's bad. You know, he's he's one of the players that really revolutionized that back line, and even they could start Dejan Lovren with him, and he'll still and they'll still have a good defensive game. So I think really that's one of the main points is to get Virgil van Dijk back in form. The next thing, and we I kind of alluded to it in the last point, is to don't is to not stop the gig and pressing, and to make sure that you get Mane and I wouldn't say Firmino because Firmino can't score in Anfield to save his life. But Mane and Salah back on, and you have to get him kicking fast. You have to get him going fast if you if you want to win this game. You have to keep the gig and pressing going. You have to make sure they're on the ball because Mane, for a winger, was scoring is 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 in the Golden Boot race. So you want him to keep going, and I think if you don't have him keep going, then you have this kind of problem where if he doesn't keep going and he's not playing, that whole left side kind of shuts down. Of course, you have Andy Robertson, but Andy Robertson. 
has this kind of beneficial, like, uh, mutual benefiting relationship with Mane on that side, which all fullbacks and wingers should have. So if, if Mane doesn't play well, Robertson has to do a lot more on the offensive side, which isn't something that he should do because if they come out on the counter, Robertson get, could get called out. So I think personally, you have to get them up and running. You can't get them kind of intimidated by their left backs because, or by their full backs. You have to make sure that they're going to play okay because if they do, then I think you know this is going to be an easy game for Liverpool. I think because personally, Chelsea aren't the best team in the world. They are. They have a lot of flaws, and like we've said before, the back line really. If you're going to spend, what they spend like ninety million on uh, Zia and Werner. If they spent 80, 90 million, they could have bought and they could have got and uh, go out and get a good center back. They could have go out and get a good uh, left back, right back, that will be in the team for years and is going to be called world class. Because I don't think Aspilicueta is at that level anymore, even though he's pretty good. And, and same thing with Marcus Alonso. So I think personally, if you're Liverpool, you have to kind of gig and press the back line. You have to keep that going, and you also have to really just kind of make sure your wingers are in it. Because if they're not, you're not going to win this game. So those are both. Those are what both Chelsea and Liverpool have to do. I think, personally, if Chelsea does what they have to do, then I think it's going to be a lot harder for Liverpool to win this game. Uh, but I still think they're going to be favorites. I still think they're probably going to win this game. They're going to at least take a point from it. So I'm going to go ahead and say, just by judging it, I'm going to say a 3-1, a 1-0 uh, victory for Liverpool. I don't see a draw. I mean, I could see a draw happening, but I don't see it as more as like a Liverpool win. And I for sure don't see a Chelsea win in this. I think Chelsea don't really have a shot. And maybe this is me wishful thinking, but I don't think Chelsea can really go into Anfield, even without Le- Liverpool fans, and still win. So I think it's uh, I think it's either 3-1 Liverpool, Liverpool or 1-0 Liverpool. The next game we're going to be talking about is, of course, the second biggest game uh, for many fans. For me, it's the biggest game. It is Manchester United versus West Ham. Now, to tell you the implications, if Chelsea drop any points and Manchester United win, they go third. If Chelsea, if Chelsea win and Manchester United win, they uh, Manchester United go fourth and Leicester drops out, which will now end up in the final game of the season, which is going to be this incredible battle. <laughs> Uh, which I think also, and this is a funny stat that I saw. If Manchester United from the next two games get six, uh, get two points, then they are in fourth place. But if they, if they only get three points, it's not guaranteed that they get for uh, fourth place, which I find hilarious. But if you're Manchester United, this is what you have to do. Number one, you have to make sure that your lineup isn't tired. We've seen this. We've seen this before with Solskjaer where he's going to play his best lineup. We've seen this ever since the restart. He's played his best lineup for five straight games. Of course they're going to draw against Southampton. Of course they're going to look terrible against Chelsea. They look tired. They're tired. They're tired, tired players. So if you're going to rotate, make sure that you're rotating the most tired. Because I wouldn't be surprised, and I've said, and I believe this, I wouldn't be surprised if Bruno gets rotated out of the squad just for it gets rotated out of the starting lineup just for today. Just for this game. Because if you look at it, he's played like almost all 90 minutes all the time. And he hasn't really had a break. I think if you bring him on after 60 minutes, he'll play well. I think if you don't need to bring him on after 60 minutes, don't bring him on after 60 minutes. But I think you need you need to make sure that you're playing your best team whilst rotating. Because they, they look tired. They look mentally and physically tired. 
And when it came to that Chelsea game, of course, they're not going to play well. Of course, they're going to admit a draw against Southampton. Of course, the last 70 minutes against, or last 20 minutes against Southampton, we, they looked terrible. Of course, against Chelsea, they looked god-awful because it, they, they really just, they, they looked awful because they were tired. So you need to keep these players, uh, you need to make sure that you're playing your best team uh, without kind of risking health and without kind of risking them looking tired and them being sluggish and them not really creating the same chances. So I think personally, you have to do that. If you're social, you have to make sure that you're playing your best team, but you're also playing the team that isn't tired. Because West Ham, and we've seen this before, they can cause an upset. We lost to them in the in the uh, return leg, or in the first leg, in the, in the first leg. But we lost them in the first game that we played them this season. They can cause an upset. We were very excited when che- uh, when Chelsea lost to West Ham. Of course, it was in the 90th minute and I was on a counterattack, but it still works. The second thing I think Manchester United have to do is attack the fullbacks. That's their weakest point in the team. If you're going to attack anywhere, attack the fullbacks. Don't go down the middle because there's Declan Rice. Uh, they have that center back, uh, Issa Diop, which he's played really well. He was, he's been linked with Manchester United. I mean, of course, the other center back, and I can't think, I, for, for, the love, for the life of me, I can't think of his name. I think it's Agbana, but I don't know if Agbana plays for them anymore. But yeah, I mean, he's not the best, but he's pretty good. Attack their fullbacks. Cresswell's not good, and I don't remember the other t- player that uh, is playing on the other side, but he's not good either. So, and you also have, guess who on, the one that's, on one side, you have Marcus Rashford, and the other side, you have Mason Greenwood. You have the players to be able to attack the, to attack the wings. So I think it's very, it's very imperative, I think, for Manchester United to attack the wings early, make sure that they can get in and they can score, because... Really, realistically, Fabianski is a good goalkeeper, but realistically, if you get a good shot against him, he will most likely not be able to stop it. So, per, like, if you need, we need to attack those fullbacks. We need to attack those fullbacks. We need to send the onslaught. Really, personally, if they don't, then we're gonna have a long night. The third thing to do is find out the De Gea situation. Now, as I said in my re- reaction to the FA Cup semi-final game, David De Gea is the hardest person to drop from this team because he's the most bipolar goalkeeper we've seen. He's going to go out and make two mistakes, but go out and make these saves that no one can make. So who do you play? Who do you play? Is it just his fault? Is it just... Or is it is it the defense's fault? Is Sergio Romero more reliable? Almost. I would say that in in goal, I think I've only seen Sergio Romero make one or two mistakes. De Gea has made, what, almost 10 this season. So, yeah, I mean, you can make a case for it. I think it, Sergio Romero might play, but then again, that's De Gea's confidence gone. That's De Gea's confidence shot. So do you want to risk your best goalkeeper's confidence, especially when you want to go into the Leicester game with a full lineup, especially when you want to get into the uh, Europa League final and probably play De Gea in the final? Do you really want to do that, or do you risk playing De Gea, who can be bad at some times? It's a conundrum that I think Solskjaer has to make sure that he gets. He gets completely right. Because if he doesn't get it right, he risks, he, he runs the risk of losing the game because of that one decision. The next thing to talk about is to start Matic. I think Matic, especially we've seen him come on against Crystal Palace, and everything looked terrible, and now everything looked fine. Nemanja Matic, I think, is probably one of the hardest players to replace on the team, even though he's 31, because there's just no one like Nemanja Matic out there that brings that kind of calm, that brings the kind of calmness that a veteran does to that role. 
So I think Nemanja Matic needs to kind of needs a start. I think we won't see a team kind of heavily rotated, but we need to see a team that starts. We need to see Nemanja Matic starts. We'll probably see Bruno and Pogba start. In all likelihood, we'll see Martial and Rashford start. Um, so I think the lineup, and I'm not going to say the goalkeeper. I think personally, I think it's going to be De Gea because you know you hear how Solskjaer talks about him. I mean, it's he he adores him. Right? He he really really likes De Gea, even though he's been prone to messing up. So I think if I think it's going to be De Gea, I think it's going to be um, Brandon Williams because I don't think, especially with Luke Shaw's injury record, that he's fine. So I think it's going to be Brandon Williams. I think even though Brandon Williams had a terrible game against Chelsea. It could actually be Timothy Fosso-Mensa if you're going to be uh, cynical about it, but, you know, who knows? It's going to be Maguire. I'm going to, going to say Lindelof. Uh, people have been saying Ted and Mengi to start, which, look, we all want to see Ted and Mengi starting. He's an incredible prospect that we have in the youth academy, but, I mean, I don't see it. I don't see it, especially with the game this big. We'll probably play him in the, in the, return, in the return leg for Lask. But, I mean, that's I, I would love to see him in the game, but, you know... It, it's too big of a game. Uh, and then you have on the right back, Aaron Wabasaka, who hasn't been playing really well, and I think you have to make sure that he's okay because he seems to kind of dip. He seems to have dipped. Same thing with Maguire. He seems to have dipped a little bit. And then in the midfield, of course, Bruno Pogba Matic. You're going to have to start your best midfield in this game, and you're going to have to make sure that you're not only holding on to a one-goal uh, one lead but a two- or three-goal lead to make sure that if you bring those two midfielders off, nothing will, nothing bad will happen. I think we have to look at make sure we have to make sure that Mason Greenwood is okay before we can actually say that he'll be on the right wing. But I think if he's okay, he'll play right wing, and then you have Martial in the middle and Rashford. Again, if you use your players correctly, you should have them attack their fullbacks. Make sure that make sure that everything kind of comes in through their fullbacks because then they have a hard time. Uh, West Ham have a hard time stopping it if you're playing against their fullbacks. So I think if you're Manchester United. You have to play with, with it. You have to play against their fullbacks. You have to kind of make sure that those kind of if you give if you shoot, yet there has to be a good shot. It can't just be like a curler. It can't just be someone that something that could go in. It could be a good shot. It has to be a good shot that's going to beat Fabianski because Fabianski on his day can be a great keeper. So I think if you're Manchester United, you have to make sure that your team is not only rotated but the best it could be rotated, rotated to make sure that no one's incredibly tired after like sixty minutes. I think you have to start Matic, you have to play against the fullbacks, and you have to start your best lineup. You have to start your best lineup that isn't tired. And really, I don't know what to say about West Ham, because they really are against the ropes here. They haven't been the best. They statistically, I believe, they're statistically uh, safe, which, you know, kudos. You shouldn't have been that close to the drops in anyways, but you hired David Moyes, so what do you expect? I think really, if they're gonna do anything, they're gonna probably do the same thing they played against Chelsea. So go the pressure, attack on the, attack on the counter because Manchester United like to push their players, like to push their defenders up. So I think personally, if you're, you know, if you're West Ham, that's probably what you would do. And I think Manchester United need to come back from this as a statement win. They need to come back from the Chelsea game. They need to come back from the Chelsea game as a statement win. I'm gonna go ahead and say just because I don't see. A clean cheap being saved by De Gea if De Gea starts. I'm going to say 3, 4, or 5, 1, personally. And that's not, be, that's not you know, uh, that's not me hoping. That's not wishful thinking. That's genuinely my opinion. I don't see this being that close of a game because you look at players like Pogba, like 
Bruno, like Martial, like Rashford, who need, who know that this team needs to bounce back. I think this is going to be a goal fest for Manchester United. Personally, I it's it's I think it could be a close game, but I I personally it, I think I see it more being as a goal fest for, for Manchester United. And that's gonna that's gonna be it. So for the Chelsea Liverpool game, I predicted either a one 0 win for Liverpool or a three one win for Liverpool. And to the Manchester United versus West Ham game, because they need to respond back with a big push, I think it's going to be Manchester United winning by two, three, maybe even four goals. But I don't think it's going to be a clean sheet. So I think it'll be 3 1, 4 1, or 5 1. And that's really it. Uh, if you like what you heard, thank you all for watching. And if you like what you heard, uh, make sure to like, comment, subscribe, um, and hit the notification bell to make sure that uh, you know when we upload. We, meaning me and Brandon, will be uploading almost daily, if not daily. Even double uploads, you'll see. I mean, we've been really grinding and sounding really good. So, if you like what you heard, remember, like, comment, subscribe, hit the notification bell. Uh, if you want to follow us on our social media, links will be in the description for the Twitter and Instagram. And don't forget to like and subscribe, as I've said like a thousand times before. And take care.